Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds, but not quite noobs, choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian, I'm on the phone with Ashvin, and today we are discussing Friday the 13th, A New Beginning, directed by Danny Steinman, written by Martin Kittrosser, David Cohen, and Danny Steinman, starring John Shepard, Shavar Ross, and Melanie Kinnaman. In this film, our young hero from Friday the 13th, the final chapter, is now a teenager in a halfway house, preparing to re-enter society when things take a stabby turn for the worst. Uh, happy almost Friday the 13th, everybody, and we are very happy to be joined on this episode by a special guest and fellow horror movie podcaster, Brian, from The Blood Buddies. Brian, hey. thanks so much for joining us. Thank Welcome you. to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, having me on. I've been a, a long-time listener, uh, first-time guest. Uh, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be nice uh, just, you know, shooting the... You know, shooting the breeze with y'all about uh, this Friday the 13th. While it's not my favorite of the Friday the 13th, um, I do think this, it's like the uh, Halloween 3 of uh, the Friday the 13th franchise. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad to talk about it. Yeah, it really kind of is. And and Brian, correct me if I'm misremembering, but I think this all started because you wanted to join us for the last film, right? Friday the 13th, a new or the final chapter. Um, is that how we started this conversation of you coming on? I don't remember. I can't I don't remember, know. <laughs> but we already had Joseph coming on. Yeah, I, I think I've been, yeah, I've been wanting to be around for, uh, like child's play stuff as well was like the big one, oh. but you know, I'm always here for, uh, talking about Friday the 13th. So, uh, you know, I'm, nice. I'm pretty chill with it. Nice. Well, yeah, Brian hosts uh, the Blood Buddies podcast. I highly recommend everybody check that out. How long have you guys been going with that, Brian? Two uh, or three years now? Uh, we're about to hit season four at the start of the next year. So, oh, um, wow. Awesome. Yeah. So it's been, yeah, about four. Really? No, that we're, yeah, we'll be going on our fourth year. Uh, so something like that. I don't know. Well, thank you. <laughs> And you and uh, David, I feel like you're really hitting your stride. You've had a lot of great guests join recently, uh, horror movie journalists, other podcasters. I've been digging it. Yeah, we've we went through a lot of a lot of change. Um, you know, within year 2020, we uh, we parted ways with uh, Stephanie and Chris earlier in the year, um, and focused more on just the two of us. Um, and then uh, I, I think we decided to kind of change the definition of what blood buddies were. So I think, uh, you know, like him and I being the core team and then, you know, we would kind of bring bring guests along and then hopefully have recurring guests as well, just to kind of like spread the idea of like the blood buddies is not just like one small team of people, but, you know, we can like spread out and have more people something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's good. I know we're, we're, we're trying to spread our wings, uh, so to speak. I totally get that as a, as a part of a podcast called club that only has two people. (laughs) (laughs) We get it. Oh yeah. Yeah. You you need to find a way to spread, spread things out. Uh, but it takes time. I feel like it, you know, you definitely have to kind of build that level of, uh, familiarity or like build that sort of uh, 
characteristic for your podcast. And then it's like, all right, well now we can like go and try to get some high profile people or some, some stuff like that. I don't know how, how, how explicit can I be? Can I, can I, can I say swear words? Yeah, we're pretty, uh, I mean, we're not filthy, but we, we let the swears fly as they may. Okay. I'm just going to say fuck just to see if it's <laughs> just get it out of the just way. Clear the air. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, but. and we have mutual friends, right? Amy, who did our cover art from Amy may pop art. Yeah. Yeah. Amy is, uh, uh, she's a local, uh, in the area. Uh, she's, I think officially Durham and then I'm in Raleigh. So, uh, her and I kind of run with like similar ish crowds and, you know, we've, we spent some time together and, uh, I actually had a merch table shared with her at a local horror convention briefly. Uh, it was a nice time. Um, yeah, I, I love Amy. I need to get her on our show sometime soon. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We had her on, gosh, it was probably over two years ago for night of the demons, but yeah, it was one of like your first episodes. I feel yeah, like it was early on. She was a great guest. Um, Brian, have, have you guys, uh, covered, uh, all of the Friday the 13th on, uh, the blood bodies podcast? No. So, uh, David and I were actually talking about this cause you know, it's very traditional for a podcast to do Friday the 13th movies, uh, on Friday the 13th. And, um, we haven't really talked too much about Friday the 13th. I don't think we've done one at all this year. And then, um, uh, I think we've talked about the original, uh, Jason lives, uh, Jason X and Friday or, and Freddy versus Jason. And then the reboot from 2009. Um, so we've, we haven't really dug into the franchise. We basically just did, uh, yeah, the original, the first kind of like real reboot of the franchise being Jason lives. And then, Oh, actually, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, Jason X, which is its own little fucking monster. And then Freddy versus Jason and the reboot from 2009 are, you know, they're all kind of standalone. I would say Jason Lives is the most out of order we watched because there is some through lines where, you know, while it's the start of, you know, the new Jason being like zombie Jason, where he's like a fucking like unstoppable force you know it changed from you know while he was a little bit more of a human aspect in the first four movies um and then of course this is like i think part six is the end of the tommy jarvis uh arc so it's like this weird like crossover like of starting fresh but at the same time ending this arc that was I, I love the Tommy Jarvis arc and I think it's also fascinating because it's at the end of end of one era of Jason then it's its own thing in part five and then yeah it's the the end of his arc in reboot so it's just this weird middle ground where they're just like let's just see what we can do with Tommy Jarvis and uh I don't know I I, I liked him as a character not as much in this movie it's kind of a uh, kind of boring in this one but uh he's he was always a nice uh sort of i i wouldn't say he's a scream queen of any sort. i mean he's he's like a scream king like you know good old hero like an ash williams yeah i didn't realize he came back after uh this one he, he's in uh future installations as well 
Uh, yeah, only uh, I think he ends in uh, six. I think it's his last stint. And if you're new to our show, we do spoil things. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, these aren't huge spoilers if people are familiar with the franchise. But yeah, you're right, Brian. This really is kind of the Halloween three of the franchise, it seems. Although me and Ashvin have only watched up until this point, and I've seen Freddy vs. Jason. So so we're behind. We're, uh, we're learning as Freddy we go here. Freddy vs. Jason's wonderful. um well i can't wait for you to watch part six part six is it's wild uh i I think i think it's definitely the best one um it's it's way more of a horror comedy which i have a big weakness for so yeah i'm i'm all about it um but this one i there's there's some good stuff in this movie that uh I feel like a lot of people just shit on because of the the twist at the end, you know, sullies the idea of this movie, which I mean, it's kind of a shitty twist, to be honest. Like it's like I mean, the idea of it not being, you know, spoiler, Jason, uh, I think it's like that part's fine. But the fact where it's like, oh, you found out he was the co- or the guy that took the body in the beginning of the movie and he's that guy's father. And you're just like, well, that's really just fucking shoehorned there. But uh, okay, I guess. Yeah, pretty random. Well, yeah. and it really takes the wind out of the sails. As, as you were saying, you enjoy the Tommy Jarvis character and the arc. But it, this movie's strategy is to make you think he may have he may be the one doing it. So he's consequently not really on screen that often. Yeah, yeah, it really seemed like... Uh, you know, they definitely set it up where he was going to be the the new Jason, it seemed like. But, uh, yeah, I, I think this movie was pretty much just torn apart. Like, people hated this movie, like, so much. Um, and I think a lot of people say it's, you know, the worst one because it's, you know, it's not Jason being the killer, which, um, I mean, I hate to say it to them but you know jason goes to hell is basically the same fucking shit like oh wait i'm not gonna you you need a you haven't even gone close to going into jason goes to hell so i'm not i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna go that far in there. Yeah. I, I don't think we're too precious about spoilers for this franchise but yeah but we'll, we'll save it yeah for me and ashen's little surprises later but yeah, Brian, I've read that they were intending to start a trilogy in which Jason wasn't the villain and then they just had to completely pivot after the poor reception to this film. Yeah, and it like underperformed at the box office, but even so, it was a 2.2 million budget and a box office of 22 million, which is still a great return, but comparatively it's one of the lower ones in the franchise and then actually no, it was I think it was the second lowest one so far at this point and then from then on they just started getting Lower and lower box office wise until Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> that brought it back. <laughs> yeah, that was the uh, the earningest one. Wow, it's impressive. Mm. One hundred and fourteen million. I do love yeah. that movie. That movie is a uh, it's a comfort movie for me. I I don't know why. If I need to do cleaning around the house or and I should be packing for my move, I'll probably put on uh, Freddy versus Jason and just have that in the background. Like, it's just, it's not a good movie, but it is a good, like, you know, what's on, 
Uh, I usually call the those movies uh, the what's on the TBS, the Superstation, Sunday morning, you know, when you should be at church kind of <laughs> movies. Same thing as like Speed 2, Cruise <laughs> Control. Like, it's not a good movie, but it's a good movie to put on just so then like you got something to watch or something to do. Yeah, Chopping Mall has become that movie for me. Um, do you guys remember, uh, I, I remember Halloween, the original intention was like every movie would be different, like a different story and Michael Myers wouldn't carry it through. Did Friday the 13th ever yeah. have that from the inception? No, I think, I think this one, it was, you know, I, I think they basically struck gold with Jason. So like on the second one when they're like, oh yeah, we'll have Jason actually come in. I think their idea was, it was just always going to be Jason. Oh, um, sure. Yeah, it was uh, built around it. Yeah, and especially once they you know, did the final chapter, you know, which I think is a pretty good bookend. You know, if you wanted to not go into any of the further movies, uh, which you know I don't recommend, but uh, you can definitely start at or stop at four, and I don't think you're missing out. <laughs> you know, it's a pretty yeah. pretty solid four movie. Yeah, it yeah, it I made agree. sense as the as the bookend of that that arc. You're right. You're right. Um, what are your uh, yeah. what's your franchise ranking on the big three, Brian, Freddy, Jason, and Michael? Mm. So I used to hate Jason a lot. It wasn't really until Jason Lives when I started liking the series. And then I went back and I appreciated it all. Um, these days, uh, and I talked about it on my Dream Warriors episode for the Blood Buddies, I'm not really a Freddy Krueger fan. Like, I think he's all right. But I, I typically don't want to go watch a nightmare movie, but I will go and rewatch Friday and uh, Halloween. So I'm thinking uh, probably Friday the 13th is top then Halloween, then uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street. And I'm thinking mainly because of the quantity of it, because I think there's a lot of good Friday the 13th movies. Halloween, there's some really good movies, but then there's a lot of really bad movies. And Nightmare uh, on Elm Street, there's just not enough for me to kind of sink my teeth in and you know enjoy because i i didn't even care too much about uh west or west craven's new nightmare yeah i did not like that movie that much so yeah i'm really uh i guess a fake horror fan with that i just it did not <laughs> win me over um i get that yeah my most unpopular opinion though is that you know child's play is top tier you know above all of those. right sure yeah you are a large Child's Play fan. We'll have to have you on sometime for one of those. I'm sure we'll oh, yeah. keep trekking our way through that series as well. <laughs> uh, Ashwin, what about you with oh, these yeah. big three? I don't even know where you stand. I think maybe I do. Really? <laughs> I thought that Nightmare on Elm Street episode was kind of telling, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I agree with I agree with other Brian here. I mean, uh, Freddie Freddy with that fedora, like that's that's just not scary and it's kind of goofy. Um, but I, I think I would just switch Michael and. Uh, uh, and Jason, but um, you know it's it's interesting because you've seen obviously a lot more of these, so I don't think we've seen enough of the Halloween movies. Because uh, if if that uh, franchise does go downhill, then I could totally see these two being flipped. So that's that's interesting. Wow, wow. Yeah. All right, and I I think uh, I'm Freddie Michael Jason. So 
I'm glad we've okay. got someone who's up on the Friday the 13th franchise because as Ashwin and I go through these every Friday the 13th, we can kind of tend to poop on them. So it's nice to have somebody singing their praises because I know a lot of fans love these movies. So, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you're, you're about to hit, and Jason Lives is when his, when I, I think people's ideal image of Jason, like his characteristics and everything, I think those really come in at Jason Lives. So you're, you're about to get some quality Jason where you can kind of understand why people really dig him, because he's no longer, like, he's, uh, he basically adopts, uh, Michael Myers attitude from the first Halloween movie where it's just unstoppable killing machine like he just fucking busts through doors like doesn't even like open them he just like fucking Kool-Aid man just busts <laughs> through walls kind of stuff and it just adds this like not only is it funny but it, it just he's a fucking tank and I, I think that's really when for me like that's when Jason got good is when yeah, he was no longer a thinking killer. Like he was just, all right, I'm just gonna fucking kill people. I see, oh, that person's doing drugs. All right, I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> yeah, sort of mindset. Is that when Kane Hodder starts playing him? Uh, no, C.J. Graham does. Uh, does that one? Kane Hodder comes in on part seven. Seven? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, I look forward to those. Yeah. Do you, do you guys get the vibe that Friday the Thirteenth uh, compared to the other ones is just a lot more comedic uh, horror versus like Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween? I mean, Nightmare gets really comedic. Yeah. Um, Nightmare. Nightmare definitely gets the silliest. Um, uh, they basically lean more into the mysticism. Um, and uh, in Nightmare, I feel like Friday the Thirteenth they lean more into a little bit of comedy, but in seven, they actually bring in some like mysticism, uh, to the character. But, uh, I think most of the time Jason is a little bit more tongue in cheek while I feel like Michael just ends up always trying to be too serious. Yeah, totally. Um, which I mean, it's fine. Uh, yeah, it's fine for the style. Uh, Right. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I typically like my things silly when I watch them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to get used to that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, let's move on. Let's start talking about the plot here. Um, before we do, I'm going to hit our obligatory Ohio connection from our friend Alex, who owns the Jukebox Bar and Tavern, Bar and Restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio. You can swing by in your car and pick up beer, wine, or food, or order them on Grubbub. They have a socially distanced patio as well. And Alex says, Friday the 13th, A New Beginning, was scored by prolific film composer Harry Manfredini. He has composed his music in over 100 films, including the entire Friday the 13th franchise, Freddy vs. Jason, and Through the Looking Glass, a 1970s pornographic film. Additionally, he scored the 2016 horror film Lake Erie, which takes place at a lake house on Turtle Island, an isle split between Michigan and Ohio located on the western side of Lake Erie. And Alex says, I really wanted a connection to the porno, but couldn't find one. <laughs> that's that's all of us. Uh, I saw that Danny Steinman, the director here, his first movie was a porno as well. <laughs> was it this oh, one? yeah. You got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. can see some uh, some evidence of that in this movie. It totally. Seems. Yeah. 
Hey, uh, on the theme song, uh, and this guy that, that Alex is talking about, I didn't realize the theme song has lyrics in it. It's like, ki 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 ma ma ma, and it's supposed to be like, kill mom. Did you guys know that? Yeah, yeah actually, I've I think Brian that. went on a rant on that in their episode on the first film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys did? Yeah, I, I, I think I think um, I think that's something that was retconned in a way where they almost like a fucking Iron Man two where they're like, oh yeah, the little kid that Tony Stark saves at the end of the movie that's Peter Parker. Like oh. I think they like <laughs> threw that in later where they're like, oh yeah, that kind of says Kiki Ma like kill Ma, and I'm just like, eh. I don't think it really does anything for me. Yeah. Um, cause I really think it says more of a, like, I don't hear like a, uh, uh, a strong key like in it. And I know there's like a lot of reverb and uh, delay onto it, but I feel like it's more of a shh, 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 shh. Yeah. Right. That's what I was thinking uh, too. Less, less of a key, but you know, if that's what people want to say, you know, to make them happy, that's cool. I just, <laughs> it, I don't think it's true. Okay. I feel a lot better um, now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's something that a lot of people have adopted as truth. And, you know, it's fine. You know, younger me, like Brian said, uh, definitely had more of an argument towards it or against it. But, you know, now I'm just like, fuck it, whatever. Like, <laughs> believe what you want to believe. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. I'm, I'm too tired to argue with people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all are. Uh, okay. 20. Come on. Yeah. yeah. It's been a rough one. Well, y'all mind before we go to the plot, y'all mind if, uh, we hold on a second. I was doing some work outside and I, I forgot to clean up before I came in to do this. Can you just give me a few minutes maybe? Sure. Yeah. All right, cool. I'll be right back. Okay, guys, I'm back. I just had to uh, make sure the keys were in the tractor and that the metal spikes were positioned perfectly under the second story window of the barn. <laughs> Can never be too but sure. Yeah. Convenience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, if, have either of you ever seen Wayne's World 2? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, where it's like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm just here to make sure I'm stacking chickens. Yeah, stacking these watermelons and crates just like these here chickens. And what do those guys do? They just walk across the street with a pane of glass every couple of minutes. <laughs> Jeez, and you, I, you know, you wonder if there's going to pay off in some sort of moment. <laughs> oh, those guys were at work here with this bed of spikes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this movie oh, yeah. starts off where we see young Tommy Jarvis, uh, the cameo by Corey Feldman. Of course, he's in this movie for just like a minute or two. He's looking at the grave of Jason as two random hooligans dig it up and Jason kills them with a machete and approaches Tommy and we learn it's just a dream. And I was really glad that was a dream because I was like, Jason was buried with his machete. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently I think that was, uh, all that was filmed in Corey Feldman's backyard. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was like, he was like right in between, uh, that and like the Goonies, I think. So they were just like a last minute. They're like, Oh yeah. Can you just like fucking do this in your pool backyard? And they're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's pretty nice working from home. 
Yeah. Yeah. Go, Corey. Um, hey, did you guys feel like the music in this opening scene was kind of like James Bondish, like for like mystery spy kind of music? A bit. Yeah. Everybody really respects no, these uh, the score here, like by this dude, um, Harry Manfredini. I think it's a good score. I just don't know if they fit the movies. Yeah, it didn't feel like a horror score, uh, at least at this part. But yeah, it, was, it felt like an interesting twist. So we see Tommy, now he is a teenager, and he's starting his first day at a halfway house for teens. He's getting ready to re-enter society after all the, the mental baggage that came with the end of the last movie in the franchise. And we meet Reggie the Reckless, who's a little kid whose grandpa works there at the halfway house. And we see Tommy unpacking his mask, which I kind of forgot from the fourth movie that he's really into masks. And yeah. I kind of wanted that to yeah. be a bit more utilized here. What did you each think about yeah. that? I remember you said that yeah. in the last film too, right? Yeah, I don't know what they could have done. Yeah, I don't... I don't yeah, because it, it would have been uh, a little bit more... Re- not redundant, but I mean, derivative of the previous movie if they tried to bring back masks. Because I think the only time they really come into play in this movie is... Uh, for him to uh, relate to the other kid. Right. I think yeah. that's really it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. A way to talk to Reggie. Break the ice kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in the last movie, weren't they like designed by Tom Savini or something? Probably. I yeah. He, he came back for that movie. He had done the first one and then he did the fourth one because it, it was his okay. understanding that he would be killing off Jason. Oh, right, right. So I think there was supposed to be a little bit of Tom Savini in that character, I would guess. Sure. Yeah. An overlap. Yeah. So we meet all these teens who were there at the halfway house, and we meet the over-the-top hillbilly uh, woman and her grown son who live on the farm next door and who are all cranky about the kids being on their property. Uh, and there is a kid who's seems to be like slightly intellectually disabled who's really annoying this uh leather jacket wearing type teen there who's chopping wood and he murders this kid with the axe and yeah a good a good start to the movie i i, I would think yeah yeah not not quite what i was <laughs> expecting yeah it felt really random when it, when it happened yeah and the paramedics arrive on the scene and one is just really brazen and whips the blanket off the body and the other one just looks spellbound or something. And I mean, once you know the ending, you know why, but I had a lot of trouble reading him and what was going on here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just like an awkward scene. Yeah. Um, Tommy has seen all this and seems a bit traumatized. His mental health starts degrading and... He is kind of barely in the movie from here on out, aside from a few cuts to him struggling with his demons via nightmares and waking visions of Jason. And this is all kind of meant to make you wonder if it's him, because we never really see, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I don't think we ever see Jason aside from his visions, right? I don't think till later, but I don't know. Yeah. And then from here on out, everybody who dies for a little while are just characters kind of just introduced for no apparent reason. There are two characters on the side of the road with car troubles. Uh, One of them has to poop so bad that he goes off to do it in the woods, and the other one gets a flare in the mouth. Uh, There's a couple, like, urgent poop situations in this movie. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the other dude who comes back to the car after pooping and gets his knife slit. What did What did you think of the effects in this one, Brian? I That knife slit, I can't help but compare it to the one in the first one. Uh, I can't remember that yeah. character's name. It's it's not bad. Um, I mean, I, I don't think it's anywhere near being the best. And I feel like there's a lot of cutaways, too, in this movie. And I think, like, one of the first kills, like, the girl who's got, like, the uh, the hedge clippers, I don't think you see anything. Like, you just see, like, the hands go down. But um, I think the yeah. effects overall, yeah, they're, they're fine. Uh you know, it's definitely of a higher quality than anything coming out around 80, yeah, 85. So, you know, it's definitely of the higher quality. Who ended up, do you have any idea who did this? It was or a name the, I didn't recognize and I didn't look into it further. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, Ashwin, yeah, I mean, like, overall, it was fine. Yeah. Ashwin, thoughts on the kills and the effects? Well, I was going to ask you guys, like, uh, they, they purposely didn't show Jason in his mask until later. So a lot of these earlier kills were just seeing, like, the shoes or the, like, a, a cutaway, like, a, a vision of, like, just, like, the flare or something. Uh, why do you guys think they didn't show Jason doing these attacks? And, like, do you think it would have been more effective if they had? Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you guys, um, you could. I mean, there's a mask. Yeah. yeah so, sorry, you said, you said there was a mask? Yeah, I mean, I guess he could still have the Jason mask and it could be someone else behind the mask. Yeah, totally, right? Like yeah. He still would have had the same suspense. I read that this went back and forth to the MPAA like nine times, so I think the editing is partially just they had to cut a lot of the violence from this. Okay, mm. okay. So many of the kills are just a character looking up in shock and then you see a weapon in the air and then you hear it come down and then you see the after effects later. When yeah, someone else of, uh, stumbles on the body. Yeah, it, it's a lot of like the PG-13 stuff that you see these days of, you know, where like you don't actually see see anything happen. Um, I do. So I, I think like one of the big things that they're probably trying to do was add a little bit of mystery on like, you know, who's the real killer, which I mean, yeah, um, yeah, it makes sense, you know, not to show it. You know, it would be almost like a like a sleepaway camp sort of instance uh, where it's supposed to be a bit of a mystery. But eventually you do see Jason's design. And I think um, the one thing I like and uh, how you can tell that it's a copycat killer of some sort, uh, not only is the mask different, which I like the mask using it. I like the blue instead of the red um, uh, triangles that he has. But... Uh, you know, the one thing you do notice is that, like, the build of Jason, you know, he's no longer, like, like, he was always, like, a hefty guy in the first four movies. And now, you know, it's clearly, like, a slimmer guy who, you know, mm-hmm. is, like, I, I think even if you play the Friday the 13th video game, when you play as this Jason, like, you know, he's faster. You know, he you can tell that, like, it's a different kind of person. Um yeah, which interesting. I think it, I think it's cool, but the I, I think it's really silly uh, when you see you know, at the end of you know when uh, the guy dies, you know the fake Jason, um, you see that like he still has hair, so like he did like this whole fucking 
face makeup, you know, to cover up like his head, you know, his head of hair yeah. to make him look right. different. I was like, that's a little weird. Cause, uh, <laughs> yeah. It was like a mask on a yeah. mask. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a lot of extra shit to do, man. <laughs> that is he went all out. Um, um, yeah, I think the next kill is, uh, some dude, I can't remember if he was one of the cops or something. He, picks up this waitress as her shift is ending at a diner she gets killed or he gets killed out there waiting for her and then she gets killed when she comes back to the car and then finally he starts to pick off the people who live in the halfway house eddie and tina go into the woods to have sex and yeah as brian mentioned she gets the hedge clippers to the eyes and then he this was a strange kill just like the uh, physics of it we're like huh the guy comes back and he wraps a belt around his head and pins him to the side of a tree and like strangles his eye sockets. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Like, what a weird idea. I guess it works. Yeah. What what does that do? Does that like crush the skull or does that like pop your eyes out or what, what was he trying to do there? Probably. I assumed it would pop your eyes. Well, yeah. 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 Like, regardless, you're gonna die. Pop eyes. Popeyes first, yeah. crush call later. No, ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then Reggie, Tommy, and Pam end up going to visit Reggie's older brother who's living in a van with his girlfriend, and his older brother gets killed in an outhouse after he uh, ate some enchiladas that got the better of him. I love and, I love uh, that guy, by the way, Demon. Um, yeah, I had a note that he. I thought he was the best actor in the movie. He's he's the yeah. most consistent actually because he actually had a career after this. Um, oh, no did he? Kidding. Okay. Yeah, because he was. Uh, so this year, or this year being 1985, he was in Friday the Thirteenth Five as well as Return of the Living Dead. Um, oh right, right. I knew uh, I knew him for something else. Let's see. He's you know he did a bit of bit acting here and there. He was in the Street Fighter movie. Um, played in Leprechaun 4, uh, Nutty Professor 2. Uh, he was in Scooby-Doo, and if you remember the movie Juana Man, uh, he was the lead in Juana Man. Uh, and he did, <laughs> uh, he did a really good job in the movie Life. Uh, it was like the movie in 1999 with uh, Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy. He did a really good job in that movie. I liked him in that. Uh, but yeah, he started nice, off that's as... Good here. You know, I would I would say he's you know a pretty consistent you know early horror uh, actor because yeah it looks like he was in a bunch of other shit too like Shadow Zone and uh, no Jumping Jack Flash is not a horror movie at all but <laughs> might as well be um, and I think his little brother in the movie Shavar Ross he would have like roles in different strokes and Family Matters it seemed like he was another of the actors who had more credits under his name than most of the people here uh yeah yeah he was yeah that's right he was in family matters um yeah different strokes yeah i'm looking at his thing it looks like yeah yeah he had a pretty solid solid career i don't think he does much acting anymore but yeah he's still doing some stuff yeah, yeah I, I agree with you guys i, I love the scene uh, with them in there and uh yeah just the whole dialogue between the brothers and then that whole bathroom scene that was, that was a lot of fun oh yeah yeah it was the only uh the, it was the only time i felt kind of attached to characters just the, their brother bonding yeah <laughs> yeah yeah 
Well, Reggie and Pam return to the house. Pam's like the, I guess, the co-leader of the halfway house. They come back to the house and they find all these corpses piled up in one of the bedrooms. Meanwhile, we've seen uh, in separate scenes that Jason comes into the house and kills everybody. And, oh, of course, there's an obligatory machete through the bed kill for, for one of these women. Oh, yeah. Is that is that five? Like, have they done that in every film? Uh, I don't think... I think they've come close to it. There's been, like, variants of it, like, through a hammock. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think they've gone through some sleeping apparatus in every movie. Yeah, because I'm... Well, there's the arrow through the neck in uh, the first movie with Kevy uh, Bacon. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, I think in the second one... Two people are having sex, and he goes through both of them and the bed. Or maybe that's the third one. And then yeah, the fourth one has a hammock. Yeah, I think he does it in, in all of them up until this point. Nice. Yeah, he's got he's got a uh, an mo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he is chasing Pam and Reggie out outside. It's kind of a chase that ensues. And we haven't mentioned it, but I think just about every woman in this movie has appeared at topless in this point, except for Pam, who's now in the pouring rain in a white shirt uh, with no bra underneath. So they were they were not shy about they what they were trying to accomplish here. Uh, and Jason's about to kill Pam, but Reggie comes out of a barn driving a tractor and runs right into Jason. He's still alive and chases them into a barn. And... Let me know if this struck either of you. There's a scene, they're up top in like the loft area of the barn, and there's a scene where Jason is climbing the ladder, and there's no editing. We just see him climb the entirety of the ladder really slowly. <laughs> I just thought it was strangely boring. But maybe it didn't jump out to either of you. That didn't jump out to me. I, it, Brian, did it jump out to you? I mean, hey, it's some good, you know, some good attention to detail. Yeah, that's that, that's that's how Oscars are born. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get there. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then it ends up that Tommy, who we've never really known where he is up until this point, comes to the rescue, and they drop him. He chops off Jason's hand as Jason's like hanging from the second story of the barn onto Reggie. He chops off his hand, so Jason falls onto this bed of spikes, and as we mentioned, the mask comes off, and you see that it was this paramedic that came onto the scene when that boy was killed by the leather jacket-wearing woodchopper, and that was his son, that he had just, like, no one really knew it was his son, and his son had, like, some mental disabilities, so he was in this halfway house, and then he came upon a scene to find his son dead, and it just... Broke him, I guess. Did you guys see that coming at all? No. <laughs> Nobody. I don't know that you could see it coming. <laughs> I mean, they hung on the guy's face a little bit long at certain points in the movie, but I felt like some of the editing in this movie was just a little bit strange anyway, so it was just like par for the course. Right, yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah, it, it w- I w- they, they needed more with that character to make it a little bit of a good, a good Agatha Christie sort of, uh, uh, <laughs> reveal. Yeah. 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 And everyone was all, I assume most viewers were all pumped up for it to be Tommy Jarvis at this point. Um, 
but then it ends with Tommy Jarvis in a hospital with vision, a vision of Jason, and he ends up. Does he end up killing the nurse there? I don't think um, he kills think anyone like, at the end. I think doesn't it like uh, uh, essentially like scream or whatever like uh, wow lost train of thought but it basically like like freeze freeze frame frame, freeze frame yes um yeah doesn't it oh god I don't remember. I, that's what I thought I can't even remember <laughs> it's they like he breaks the window and escapes but I couldn't remember if he killed someone before he left oh he he doesn't escape he's still in the room and uh. I think Pam comes into the room and the door closes and he's there behind her and it ends on that. He's wearing the mask too with the knife. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, let me see. I, I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, okay. So I can't believe I forget and I didn't write it down. I know. I don't, I don't know. This, this is like such an important scene. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just like ready for it to be over after I learned that it was the paramedic. <laughs> All right. Let's see. So. All right. So he wakes up. Uh-huh. Okay, so he realizes it was a dream thing. Okay, so he's ripping out the IV, leaves his, leaves his bed, stumbles over to the drawer, opens up. There's the mask in the drawer. Uh-huh, 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 I see. <laughs> I like what you've done here. Uh-huh, so he's looking at the mask, and then, uh, okay, somebody comes into the room. Uh, oh, she's walking to the room slowly, slowly. God, come on. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) She's she's climbing a ladder. (laughs) All right. She's at the door waiting to open the door. Okay. She opens the door. Oh man. Nobody's in the room anymore. And the window's broken. Oh no. And it's raining out. Oh, she says, Oh my God. She closes the door or no, Tommy closes the door and there he is. And okay. So it's not a freeze frame, but it's just like a zoom into his eyes while he's holding the knife. All right. So he's about to kill her. We assume. Yeah. Okay. So then that's the frustrating thing is like Tommy does end up flipping, but it wasn't him all along. It's just, (laughs) it's a strange approach. Yeah. 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 Cool. Interesting timing. Uh, well, Brian, what what do you feel are some of the merits of this movie? Um, I think I think overall it's a fun movie where you know you do get some you do do get some decent kills, uh, some good setups. Um, I think uh, when it comes to some other good merits, uh, you got. Uh, once again, I like Demon and his little brother Reggie. I think I think both of them are great, uh, great views. And I would have loved seeing Shavar Ross actually come back, which I hope that would have been the case if they moved forward with the uh, Tommy's the new killer. Is that Shavar or Reggie was going to be uh, was going to be kind of the new Tommy? Um, uh, otherwise, I mean it's it's a mystery movie. Uh, you know, you don't get too many mystery horrors. Uh, it's not a good mystery movie, but I mean, if you, if you kind of want to try to pick things apart and, you know, play, you know, Poirot, you know, this is not a bad movie to do that with. Um, yeah. Otherwise like it's, you know, it's not the most amazing thing. Um, 
but I, I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. You know, it's, I think it's just a nice middle of the road slasher movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the sound effect for the movie. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, it's a solid uh, like Ashwin, two and a half out of five. Yeah. Eh. Two and a half. Ashwin, how about you? What are your uh, thoughts on merits and or shortcomings? Uh, you know, I, I think I agree with everything Brian said. I, you know, I, I was really down on this franchise. Uh, I was just surprised how shitty these movies are. But like being five into them, uh, I think we've like, the, like the bars been pretty lowered. And these are just kind of like a good time uh, watching people get killed creatively. This one, I, I think, had probably like the most breasts that we've seen, which is really interesting to see that go up and like that background about this guy actually being a porno director kind of makes sense. Um, and yeah, I, I agree. Like I, I kind of would have wanted to see more of Tommy Jarvis, uh, in like another film or two of like how his character develops. So I was kind of disappointed that they don't follow on, uh, on that storyline. But, um, I, you know, character wise, I felt like the last one had main characters that you were invested with a bit more. I mean, yeah, Demon and his brother were, were really cool and I, I liked them. But outside of that, you had a final girl who was introduced pretty late, uh, in the story. And so I didn't feel terribly vested in her and Tommy Jarvis's character. So few lines and like you don't really know what's going on with him. And then when he finally turns, it's like pretty late in the movie. So I, I think character work could have been a little bit better. But yeah, I would have loved to see where that storyline would have gone. Did either of you think that the uh, hillbilly mom and son who live at the farm next door were successful at their comedic relief? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember. I remember watching it, and I, I I did get some genuine laughs out of them. Uh, so yes, yeah. It felt uh, like sh- SNL sketches, like in the middle of a horror film. <laughs> yeah, I liked when she would just be so mean to him, and like she calls him a dildo at one point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was enjoyable. Good. Uh, what What did you think, um, Brian? Well, I kind of agree and disagree with both of you to an extent. Um, I'm generally down on this franchise. This one was not... It was just very unremarkable, but also pretty tolerable. I agree with what you said, Ashwin, about characters. Like, the really... I liked Tommy Jarvis as a character, but we just didn't get enough. There was only a... I read he only had 24 words in the entire film. Um, And Reggie and Demon were cool, too, but again, not much... uh, not much screen time there compared to the fourth one, which they had gone, they had finally succeeded a little bit at creating characters. Um, right. And a good chunk of the people who drop off and are killed, you just really don't know them at all. Like a lot of times they're just people who are introduced for the mere purpose of killing them, which isn't unusual with these movies, but mm-hmm. um, it's a little bit less like a group of people you know being picked off um, and more just kills for kills sake. Um, I feel like, even though I'm not like a person who craves gore, I feel like these movies would be a lot better if they hadn't been cut so much by the MPAA. Like, it's all about these kills, and when you have to edit them such that it's just a quick cutaway, it's just really non uh, anticlimactic. Yeah, yeah. Takes away a lot of the character. Yeah. Um, so and I don't think there's any suspense with the kills in these generally in this franchise but especially in this one yeah uh, you want to you yeah. would have wanted to see it gorier i think gorier would have would have been better i mean it seems like that was maybe initially where it was and they had to cut it back quite a bit 
Yeah, um, there's there's some better gore in the later movies as well as even in the earlier movies. Yeah, this one just seemed a little too a little too tame. Yeah. yeah, it almost seemed like in the early '80s horror movies were gorier, and then it got everybody's attention. And then, like mid to late '80s, they started really cutting back on things like the MPAA, especially with the Friday the 13th franchise, because it was just so much in the public eye. It seemed like the MPAA started to scrutinize them quite a bit at this point in time. Maybe that's just me, but like the first one was gorier than this in my mind, or at least they were more vivid with the gore. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Really good um, I guess fucking blame, I don't know, Tipper Gore. Might be able. Yeah, <laughs> that was part of their campaign. <laughs> I mean, it's more for, more for um, music, but you know what? Just fucking blame Tipper Gore for anything. I don't. I don't fucking care. <laughs> Wasn't Nancy Reagan pushing hard on stuff like this at the time, or am I thinking of drugs? I, I think it was, it was drugs, right? It was the eighties. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, so Brian, you kind of already casually dropped a rating, but to formalize it, how many zero to five moms calling their son a dildo do you give this? <laughs> um, I mean, typically when it comes to doing my ratings, um, I, I, I do, you know, my normal, uh, one through five, uh, you know, half star being like, yeah, that's fucking terrible. Five star being, I legitimately think this is an amazing movie. Two and a half stars perfectly okay it's just a standard fine movie that's kind of where i'm at with it it's just middle of the road it's it's fine yeah eh. yeah 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 i can't uh i can't push back too hard on that ashran what what's your zero to five yeah i, I think the exactly the same two and a half uh mothers calling their sons dildos because yeah it's it's watchable it's not very remarkable or anything but uh i, I feel like it's it's kind of part with what we've seen so far with the franchise yeah, I can't help but think my rating is a bit skewed just by the, uh, I feel like I've kind of adjusted my standards for this franchise a little bit. Like, I go in not really expecting to like it. Yeah, the bar's so low. Um, or at least to be underwhelmed. Um, I kind of feel the same way you guys did, but I'm going to go just a little a hair lower with it, too. Two moms calling their son a dildo. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I can um, hey Brian, before we uh, before we start to wrap up, do you want to uh, let the listeners know about your band, Plastic Flamingos? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so uh, while I do have the the podcast, the Blood Buddies, uh, one of the things that I also have is a band called Plastic Flamingos. We are a uh, pop punk kind of like power pop band. Um, uh, think of it almost like a mixture between like the old skate rock stuff from the nineties mixed with like, I would say almost a bit of like a thin Lizzy vibe. Um, you know, there's like some like harmonized solos and shit like that. But, uh, the thing that separates us from others is that, uh, all the lyrics are basically Jimmy Buffett themed. Uh, so, you know, we have a lot of songs that are just all about beach living and beach vibes. Uh, and um <laughs> yeah and we released an album a few weeks ago uh, i think like two weeks ago by the time this out or uh this comes out and uh called halloween beach party it's available on itunes apple music spotify all that stuff so you know definitely check check it out if you know any of that's up to your up to your speed 
and uh, I don't know. I think it's good music. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I've been listening to it the past couple of days. I really dig it. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm for excited sure. To check it out. So yeah, everybody, go check out the album Halloween Beach Party by Plastic Flamingos, and you can find the Blood Buddies on wherever you find your podcasts. And what do you guys have socials or anywhere you want people to connect with you, or um, don't want people to connect with you? Basically, I, I think our Twitter is kind of where we where we live uh, for the podcast. Uh, so I think our Twitter is just at the Blood Buddies. So, oh yeah, yeah, we got lucky and have at the Blood Buddies for this Instagram. We had to say at the Blood Buddies podcast because there's apparently a foundation for donating blood that decided to take <laughs> the Blood Buddies. If we get famous, I'll you know try to buy them out of that. But you know, right now, uh, just follow us on Twitter for being at the Blood Buddies. Nice, cool, man. Well, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, it was a good time. Yeah, definitely let me know when y'all decide to do a Chucky movie next. Uh, I'll be I'll be here. I'll be ready, uh, you know, waiting for that call. <laughs> Hand on the phone. The landline phone for some reason. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, well, Ashwin, Brian, do either of you have anything to add about this movie before we close up shop here? Uh, no, that's going to be it for me. Yeah, I'm good. Cool. All right. Well, that is it for our discussion on Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you can give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find our show, and we really appreciate it. Uh, you can go to horrormovieclub.com to find us on social media. Just click on the social links drop down, Facebook, Twitter, and we've got a Discord server where you can come chat with us and other horror movie fans and fans of the podcast. Our logo is done by Amy May Pop Art, so find her stuff on Etsy.com by searching Amy May Pop Art, all one word. Our Patreon's patreon.com slash horrormovieclub, where we have a little bit of bonus content out there if you want to financially support the show and gain access to that. Uh, we want to thank Brian again. Again, go listen to the Blood Buddies podcast. It is a great podcast for people who love horror movies. Very similar format to our show. So check them out. And until next time, if the only bathroom available is an outhouse, you may want to stay away from any enchiladas of questionable origin. <laughs> okay.